Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So I'm so thankful that you join me each week. And if you are one of those that can't listen on Sundays and listen to the podcast, I appreciate that. I always like it when you email me, um, respond to any of the social media, and especially always feel free to let me know if there's a topic that is relevant to you that I have not addressed and that would be helpful to you. So also remember, if you want a keynote speaker for any of your organizations or groups or churches, I love to do that, and I can always tailor-make any kind of presentation to fit what your need is. So today we are talking about intimate relationship styles, and we may also address what a nurturing family is and what a dysfunctional family is. So this is not to be negative. This is certainly just to say, wow, let's look at these things so we can kind of gauge where we're at and how to move in the direction, move closer to being that very healthy relator and a healthy family system. So let's talk about characteristics of healthy relationships. And I'm going to do kind of a comparing and contrasting. And you're going to hear the healthy relationship and then the characteristic of an addictive relationship versus the characteristic of an apathetic relationship. And you may find in your relationships, in your family of origin, in your work arena, um, with your friends, wherever that may be, you may say, wow, we kind of have that going on. And then we're at the other end of the spectrum. And while I'm in the middle with this one, we're pretty healthy with this one. So it, it really is not about taking on any uh, guilt or shame, but just recognizing this is just God shining light in dark places so that we can really get what we need. So the first characteristic of a healthy relationship is that they have rational expectations. And that's that the belief that an intimate relationship will enhance your life, but I must make other areas of my life work by action taken independent of the relationship. So the, so the first way that we know we have healthy relationships is that I, I have rational, reasonable expectations, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reasonably, rationally expect that my intimate relationship is going to enhance my life. But I also know that it can't be the only thing that enhances my life. So I have balance. I have the reasonable expectation that, yes, this should enhance my life. Otherwise, why would I be in it to begin with. But I also have personally taking charge of my life to make my life work so that if that intimate relationship is struggling, I'm still okay. I can handle the negative feelings that come with that and, and not have to quickly abandon the relationship because I can't handle the feelings. 
So I want to have realistic, rational expectations on this other human being as to what they actually can bring to my life, that they are not going to be my life. I already have a life, and they're a part of my life. So if I have apathetic relationships, what does that look like? Well, that means I have impoverished expectations. And that means that I I really don't believe that any of my needs can ever be met by an intimate relationship. So I'm apathetic in my expectations. Somewhere I learned to stop needing. Now, I wish that were possible. (laughs) Intellectually, emotionally, we talk ourselves into thinking we don't need anything. But that's not what humans, that's not how humans are made. So the response to not having a healthy relationship might be that I say, I gave up. I quit. Nobody's ever going to meet my needs. And so I'm just going to be in this relationship and expect nothing. Because if I expect something, I always get let down. Versus the opposite end of the, the spectrum, which is addictive characteristics. And that would be magical expectations. This is the, the belief that this intimate relationship will make me and my life better without the need to think better or act better on my part. And that's a very childlike way of looking at a relationship. That if I could just find that person out there, then my life will totally be turned around and okay. And they're going to finally give me all the things that I need. I'm going to be happy and live happily ever after. And that I don't have to do any changing. I don't have to change the way I think. I don't have to act better. I don't have to grow up. And that's magical expectations. That's how little children feel. And, and frankly, little children under the age of 12 should feel that way. They're not capable of doing their own life all by themselves. So when I enter into a relationship with someone, whether it be a friend, could be my boss, could be a husband, could be a wife, a boyfriend, a partner, and I bring magical expectations, I'm going to be let down all the time and they will never be able to truly succeed with me. So let's do the second one. A characteristic of a healthy relationship is long-term contentment. This is, this is what we would expect in healthy relationships, that in, for the long run, if I have realistic expectations, I will be contented for the length of the relationship. Friends, bosses, uh, possibly bosses, friends, best friends, spouses, partners. So that the long-term contentment is that the expectation that the relationship is going to have ups and downs, but overall will improve and become more satisfying over time. So this again, I want to say to you, if you didn't hear the last two shows on how to be the best version of me. It was all about being an adult. This is how we have healthy relationships. We have to be adults in our relationships. And an adult expectation is that the relationship is going to have ups and downs. Because part of being in relationship with mistake-making people is they're figuring their life out. And we're depending on the fact that they're working on it. Which means sometimes they're going to hit the mark, sometimes they're not. But overall, when we are both working on our side of the street, the relationship will improve and become more satisfying. If I'm an apathetic relater, then I have what we call resignation. 
And that is the belief that the relationship will be a continual strain upon me and it's okay because there's no other better alternative. So I'm apathetic. I resign myself to a bad relationship. I think there's no way I can change. There's nothing I can do. So I guess I just have to endure it. And you have to ask yourself, where did that belief system come from? Why is that okay with me? Why would I allow that resignation? Versus the more addictive relator needs instant gratification. That means that I expect the relationship to provide intense and continual satisfaction. We always have to be at a high. Everything always has to be a big event. It always has to be, wow, you changed my whole entire experience. It can never just be average, right? So it's this need to continue to be stimulated, this need for the relationship to continue to alter my experience in a positive manner. Because this is what we do with substances. We don't like how we feel in the moment, so we want to alter our experience. So when I have addictive relating styles, it means that I want instant gratification, that every time I see you, it has to be a 10. Every time I interact with you, it has to be better than it was the time before. That I wait and I hope for that moment I'm with you so that I can get those wonderful feelings that I'm not generating for myself. That is a lot of pressure on a relationship, and that is a lot of highs and lows for the person that relates in that manner. So let's look at the third one. Characteristics of a healthy relator is rigorous honesty. Rigorous honesty. This is the commitment to remain fully conscious of the other person's strengths and weaknesses by open communication. Again, this means I'm an adult. I can handle my husband's strengths and his weaknesses. One of the reasons I can handle his strengths and weaknesses is because he's managing them. Same as myself. I take full responsibility for my strengths, full responsibility for my weaknesses, and so he is a compassionate witness to my life as I am to his. I'm not parenting him. I don't need to caretake him. I'm not trying to change him because he's far more committed to being the best version of himself than I could ever inspire him to be. And it's the same for myself. I'm working very diligently on my own life so he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to think about my life in terms of, oh my gosh, what is going on now? What's she doing now? Is she going to make it? Is she going to handle this? How do I deal with her? That's part of being an adult is that I am fully conscious of his strengths and weaknesses and open to communicating about both and that I'm not too sensitive to talk about my weaknesses and I'm not too overwhelmed to talk about my strengths. I can be honest about them both. I can own them both. And that's what adults do. In an apathetic relationship, you have minimal communication. It's the absence of any desire to communicate personal thoughts or feelings to the partner in excess of what is required for maintaining daily acts of living. So we basically are doing, if you listen to the shows on communication, we're doing level, level five communication, which is 
the most uh, basic communications about the weather versus the addictive side, which is dishonesty. And that's the belief that the relationship is going to be destroyed if my partner and I know the whole truth about one another. So we have to do a whole bunch of hiding so that we can be who the other person is needing us to be because they can't handle who we really are. So join me in the next segment. We're coming up on a break, and we're talking about these intimate relationship styles. We're talking about the healthy relationship, the apathetic relationship, and addictive relating styles. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you again for joining me. We are talking about intimate relationship styles. If you're just uh, joining in right now, make sure that you look at the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can hear the show in its entirety. So the intimate relationship styles are on a spectrum. We either have addictive relators, healthy relators, and apathetic relators. So you may vacillate between um, both ends of that spectrum depending on what, whatever happened to you growing up, whatever you learned as a way to relate, the type of, of person that you're, you're with. So when we talk about the most intimate relationship, we're talking about best friends, we're talking about partners, spouses. So when, when we looked at this intimate relationship when it comes to healthy, we left off on the rigorous honesty that healthy relators are rigorously honest about themselves and the other person. This means I'm an adult enough to handle the imperfection of my husband and love him anyways and be highly attracted to him anyways because of who he is, not always because of what he does. And so the rigorous honesty is I'm committed to being fully conscious of the person's strengths and weaknesses. I'm not in denial. And I'm open to communicating about it. So I'm open to communicating about my own strengths. I don't have to minimize them. I can be proud of my strengths. doesn't mean I'm a prideful, conceited person. It means I'm an honest person. And I can be very honest about my weaknesses and what God is doing in my life and how he's working in my life. And the reason that I can be that rigorously honest is that I'm an adult. So I, I, I take full responsibility for my own life. I don't blame my husband for it. I don't blame my job for it. I don't blame my work for it. I don't blame the world for it. I don't blame my childhood for it. I recognize that all those things may cause some issues. I still am an adult, and I still am the one making the final choice. And so in the apathetic relator, we have minimal communication, which means they communicate mostly on, like, talking about the news, or basic communication, the basic thing they have to do just to live in the same place. Versus the, the addictive relator says that, oh my gosh, I have to be dishonest because nobody can really handle what the whole truth is about each other. So I can't handle the truth about me, so please don't show me that you know me 
and I can't handle the truth about you because it's too scary for me and I need to control it. So we get a lot of either complete absence or way over-involvement with no boundaries when it comes to the addictive side. So let's look at this fourth one of a healthy relator. This is voluntary cooperation. And this is the freedom of both partners to relate in a manner that is compatible with their basic preferences. Now, this is where uh, in in, um, any of the marriage counseling or couples counseling I do that I talk a lot about gender and temperament. And so I voluntarily cooperate with my husband as to how we can compatibly relate to one another. And that's through basic preference. I know that I've I've given lots of examples. In the Myers-Briggs, he's a very sensing person, which means he's more literal, more concrete, more uh, black and white, more detailed. And I'm a very intuitive person, which means I'm not super detailed. Like I get all the details and then I bottom line it and I throw the details away. I talk in the big picture. I talk a lot about the future. And, And I'm not as concrete So I don't give a lot of details that may be very important to him. So I voluntarily cooperate with adjusting the way that I interact and relate so that I'm compatible with him. And he adjusts so that he's compatible with me, which means that we integrate both sides of that so that we get good communication and we learn how to do that. He's also a man. He communicates very differently because he's a man. I communicate differently because I'm a woman. And it's really making space for those differences so that we can be compatible with basic preferences. Versus the apathetic relator is abandonment. Instead of voluntary cooperation, they abandon. Both partners have emotionally abandoned each other. There's no desire to control anything on their side or to cooperate with one another. They both simply want to be left alone. And it's very sad. Those, I have to tell you, when I get couples in counseling that are apathetic relators, these are the most difficult relationships to fix because there's no energy. Versus the addictive relator, when it comes to the voluntary cooperation issue, they compulsively over-control. And that's the belief that without intense, continuous conscious effort, the relationship will destroy itself. So there's, there's way over-management. There's way over-involvement. There's needing to be in everything each other is doing. And so many times what we get in marriage counseling or, or, or couples counseling is one person's an addictive relator, so they're overly involved and overly controlling and overly anxious and needing intensity and working on stuff all the time with someone that has become apathetic. And they're overwhelmed and resigned and they're never going to get their needs met and they can never do anything right, and so they quit. So it's very imperative that you understand, wow, where's the adult part of me here that understands that You know, we're very different, and we're going to have to really cooperate to figure out a relating style for us both so that we have the language, the timing, the pacing that fits for us both. I I spoke with a a man a a couple years ago. He was extremely extroverted. He was on my caseload with his wife. 
he was extremely extroverted, very high intensity. And he kept saying to me, she just keeps shutting down. I keep trying to talk about all these things and she just shuts down. And I said to him, let's just do one thing. Instead of working on whatever the issues and you, you know, needing to talk about the issues, why don't we just give her a different experience of you? So I want you to slow down the pace. I want you to pull down the volume and the intensity. I want you to give space in between sentences for her to respond, to think and, and actually then respond. And let's see if you guys can at least begin to talk a little bit in a different manner. And so he really worked hard on that, and he gave her a very different experience, and she readily responded. She moved toward him. So we really want to practice understanding basic preferences and what is natural for different people and not judging what's natural for them. Now, that goes back to we want to be the best version of ourselves. So I'm not just going to do just what's natural. I'm going to be a good version of what's natural to me. So if I'm high intensity and I talk a lot and I think a lot and I talk really fast, then I'm going to be careful with my husband who is not that temperament. And I might slow down a little bit and I might pace myself a little because that helps him stay present with me. At the same time, he's going to show up with a little bit more energy and, and show some excitement out of whatever it is that I'm talking about because I am a high energy person. And that's part of how we move toward and really celebrate the differences. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next half of the hour and make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, make sure that you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to all the shows as a podcast, and so you can hear the show in its entirety. And today we are talking about intimate relationship styles. And what would be a healthy relator? What would be an apathetic relator? And what would be an addictive relator? And so we have the two end of the spectrums, addictive relator, apathetic relator, and we want to be in the middle, which is a healthy relator. So we left off talking about the idea of voluntary cooperation. That's what healthy relators do. And that means that, that they relate to each other in a manner that's compatible to their basic preferences. And that has a lot to do with the way God made them. So we adjust. Adults are able to adjust to a different person's way of relating. It doesn't mean I change who I am, but there are many times when I have clients that come in and I adjust to the way that they relate, whether that be their pacing, their timing, the, the way um, they give me information, whether it be um, the, the language that they use. I may use um, more uh, what we would say, educated language, I may be more casual in my language. And so it has everything to do with adjusting to their type of relate, uh, relating style. Now, that, d that doesn't mean that I change who I am. I'm still going to be who I am. So let's look at the one that kind of builds on that voluntary cooperation, and that is rational truth. The healthy relator is rational when it comes to the truth about the other person, and that's the, the belief that it's okay 
for you and your partner to act in accordance with your basic nature without destroying the relationship. That means that I'm allowed to be who I am as long as it's a responsible version of myself and you're allowed to be who you are. I didn't marry my husband to turn him into me or I didn't marry my husband so that he could be somebody else. I married my husband with full acceptance of who he is and that he can be his basic nature and it doesn't destroy the relationship. We can really be who we are. It's a safe environment, a safe enough relationship to really be me. I don't have to apologize for myself. I don't have to try to turn myself into a whole different shape to be loved or to be wanted. I really am me. If we have the apathetic relator, then there's no need for trust. See, the partners are so distant and emotionally isolated from one another, that's the way they don't hurt each other. And so trust isn't necessary. And that is very sad. It's a very, very painful relating style is when I just say to myself, I'm going to keep myself so distant and emotionally isolated from my partner that I don't have to trust whether or not they like who I am or whether I can be myself because I created so much distance because I didn't trust that it was okay to be me versus the addictive relating style, which is a lack of trust, and that's persistently and, and alternating doubts about the self and partner. That means I don't trust the fact that I'm okay. So I'm constantly trying to turn myself into something that I think will get your approval or have you like me, have you love me. I'm trying to always secure the relationship. I've never really landed in a secure spot with the partner. So I keep thinking every day I have to secure the relationship. So I have to figure out what kind of person they want me to be that day so that I can get the security that I need. I don't trust the relationship is solid. I don't trust the commitment. And many times we have that in relationships when, you, when that's a family of origin issue, that no matter how much the person reassures the other person, the person can't trust and that's a woundedness that has to be healed. Now, if the person is a controlling person, if the other spouse is controlling or, un, or conditional or is constantly changing, um, you know, whatever the target is, that you, every time you try to meet the mark, they change the, they change the target, well, that's a different issue. But you want to think about in that relationship if there's that level of insecurity. Is that insecurity coming from me? Did I bring that to the relationship, or was that insecurity created within the relationship? So when we're looking at this idea of, is it okay to just simply be me? And if it's not, then that requires some addressing. That requires some investigation. So I either just stop trying to show up as myself, or I keep trying to secure myself. So these are two areas that we really want to be looking at. These are therapeutic issues that are really necessary for your own peace and your own um, just need for relationship. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk about these intimate relationship styles. Make sure you visit the website, CynthiaHyatt.com. 
thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and this is Conversations with Cynthia. I always want to remind you that if your group, organization, business, church uh, needs a keynote speaker, I love to come in and give any of those different lectures, any of the radio shows that you liked, or you can let me know the one that fits the needs of your group, and I can tailor make it for your group. So you can always contact me through the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you're just tuning in, you can also listen to all the shows. They're podcasts on the website, and you can listen to this show in its entirety if you're just tuning in. So I always want to thank my producer, Chris, who is very helpful today. And I frequently forget to thank my producers. I have really good producers that are very, very easy to work with. So we left off with this uh, talking about intimate relationship styles and the idea of a rational truth. that That's the belief that you're allowed to be who you are and it won't destroy the relationship. And what that means if you're not having that in your current relationship. So the, n- the next one, n- number six, this is social integration. And this means that this is the desire to share the true nature of the relationship with other people. This is establishing an active social life as a couple. And this is imperative when we see healthy relating relators. They really like to show the world themselves as a couple. And they like to go experience the world as a couple. And that means doing whatever things just with each other or doing things with others. And that we want to reveal to other people the nature of our relationship. We want other people to experience us as a couple, not just individually. This is a really important piece If we have a more apathetic relationship, then that means we have lack of identity as a couple. There's no shared social life because the partners, there's a lack, they lack a sense of we-ness or identity as a social unit. That means that, you know, you may know someone, but you never, ever have met their spouse or their partner. They might talk about them or you, you know someone and you really don't even know that they're in relationship, that they've been married for 10 years. This is a very lonely relationship, as you can tell. And the idea of no shared social life is is a big red flag for any therapist that that treats couples. Because it it indicates things that mean we don't know who we are as a couple. We don't operate well as a couple, so we don't want to go out in public because we might argue or be passive-aggressive with one another or um, we might be embarrassed about the behavior of of the spouse or the partner. And so this is a very painful position to be in and and really warrants some support, some emotional support from from a friend, from a a therapist, a, a pastor, a life coach, whatever that may be, because this is a very painful position to be in. The opposite end of that spectrum is isolation in terms of an addictive way that says, I need to hide the true nature of the relationship from other people, keeping it as a closed system where other people aren't welcome. And that has to do with control. So I don't want to go out in public with my partner because maybe I'm insecure and think that they'll like someone better than me. Or... Maybe we don't have a shared value system. 
So we don't want to do the same thing. So we isolate ourselves and only interact with one another, and we have a very closed system. So we may have separate friends, and so we may be very social people versus the apathetic relators that aren't. And, and we really want to isolate ourselves and hide the true nature of the relationship because we're not proud of the relationship. Or we're afraid that the relationship isn't secure or that someone will come in or judge the relationship. So there's lots of insecurity on both sides. The apathetic side has a lot to do with, with loneliness, sadness, depression, um, anger, these types of things. The addictive side has a lot to do with anxiety, um, insecurity, huge control issues. And so the more you get, the farther out you get on either ends of these continuum, the more pain we have in the relationship and the less contentment, the less success, and the less energy, positive energy, these relationships on these sides of the continuum become really big energy drains. So let's look at number seven. And this is called repeating the cycle of contentment. And this means the, the deepening joy and contentment in the relationship emerges as pain is responded to with problem solving. There's a resolution that there's heightened trust and intimacy. And we've talked before in the past about that, you know, God is the God who sees me. And then the issue of being seen and having attachment and being attuned to is every human's deepest need. And when we have this healthy relating style, we get a repeating cycle of contentment, which means that every time there's a rip in our relationship, because the world is, the world, the enemy of our soul is constantly trying to pull couples apart, constantly destroying families. That's his intent. And so when we have that human element in our relationship where we have a rip, where someone does something that's, that's hurtful, or there's a big misunderstanding, or, or somebody has a moral failing. In the healthy relationship, this, is, this can be managed, and it deepens the relationship, and the response is to problem-solving, not into judging, not into creating a bigger problem, not into complicating it. And so in, in that type of relationship, we get heightened trust, heightened intimacy. And that is extremely fulfilling. So if we get on the apathetic side, we get this repeated cycle of alienation. And that means that both of the partners feel alienated from one another. They experience pain all by themselves. They feel powerless to change anything. And they feel powerless to leave the relationship as well. And so they're going to ventilate all of their feelings, all of their pain outside the relationship until they find some temporary relief, and then the cycle begins again. And so it's this repeated cycle of alienation that happens. On the addictive side, this is the repeated cycle of pain. And this is that cycle of desperate action. Short-term gratification followed by more pain, disillusionment, and blaming. Because th this side of, th of the continuum, the addictive relator, 
like we said in the very beginning, has magical expectations. So they believe the intimate relationship is going to make me and my life better, and I don't need to think better or feel better or act better. I just The relationship is now meeting all of my dependency needs, and it's going to fix my life. So if I go into a relationship, an adult relationship, that way, which is a more young, a, a childlike way of relating, I'm going to get a repeated cycle of pain because I'm not going to be getting those needs met. I'm coming to that adult relationship with childlike needs, and I have expectations that are impossible for another human to meet. We said in the last show last week, we talked about the idea of little people in big bodies. And, And what happens is if I come to an adult relationship as a little kid, I say to clients all the time, there's not an adult on the planet that can handle your inner child. Your inner child is your problem, your responsibility. If I bring that to my husband and I expect him to help or fix that inner child, I'm going to be let down because he's not equipped to do that. Now, he's very kind and very gentle, but I, as an adult, come to him with adult needs that are realistic for him to meet. And if I have those inner child needs, I probably need to see a therapist. That's what therapists do. And recognizing the difference between adult needs and and inner child needs has everything to do with being realistic. So an inner child need is maybe I'm insecure. Maybe I had trauma in the past. Maybe I'm performance-oriented. Maybe I have um, a guilt complex. Maybe I have deep shame. Maybe I don't think I ever measure up and I'm perfectionistic. Now, I can, if I have those issues, I can talk to my husband about them as an adult, but I can't expect him to fix them. So he can certainly be my friend and we can talk about it, but he can't fix it. Exactly on the same side is the apathetic relating, is this, this attempt to just be needless and wantless. And when we have apathetic relators, they have given up needing or wanting, intellectually, I'll say, because humans can't give up needing and wanting relationship with people. So they're in a chronic cycle of feeling alienated from the world, from their their most intimate relationship. And so they are then going to be very susceptible to going outside the relationship to find someone that they can relate to. Or they are going to practice a lot of maladaptive coping skills, which is self-medicating behaviors, uh, any of the, the addictions, workaholism, um, over-focused on money, over-focused on appearance, over-focused on uh, whatever they acquire, all these types of things to somehow find something to fill that void. So we really want to, to be looking at what's going on in our relationships and wanting them to move forward toward healthy relating so that we actually have nurturing families versus dysfunctional families. And nurturing families, this is where people are free to talk about the inside feelings. They're not going to be judged. The the feelings are neither right or wrong. They just are. I always say to clients, you know, if I could choose my feelings, I'd be happy all the time. 
So my feelings are just a part of, the, uh, of being human. But they aren't necessarily something I'm going to believe as true all the time, and it isn't necessarily something I'm going to act on. If, if we have dysfunctional relating styles, then people don't feel free to talk about the inside feelings. What happens is they compulsively project the inside feelings. And that's where, if they're mad at you, they might say something to you like, why are you mad at me? And you may say, I, I, I'm not mad at you. And it's this inability to really talk about what's going on inside of me. I'm afraid to. I don't feel comfortable. I don't know how to. So nurturing families, feelings are okay. But dysfunctional families, only certain feelings are okay. And in nurturing families, the person's more important than their performance. If we have it upside down in a dysfunctional family, then the performance is more important than the person. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week, about the different types of families. And the families that we were born into, the families that we have created, the family that we hope for, desire, how to change the family that we have if, if we're so inclined to do so, and, and what we really want to look at in terms of a baseline for what is truly a nurturing family versus what is a dysfunctional family. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Make sure you join me next week as we talk more about this. And I, I pray you have a good week. And always please visit the website. I love it when I get feedback. You let me know what shows are working. If there are topics that you would like me to speak on as well, I love to tailor make the show for, for, for you as the listeners and what you are needing. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed week. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.